I'm a zombie. I've been bitten. You're listening to the survival podcast for zombie nerds everywhere. Zombies Ate My Podcast. Hello and welcome to Zombies Ate My Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Murphy, and joining me, as always, is the busy zombie lord, Lou Page. How's it going, man? It's going very well. That's good. Oh, man. Uh, Are you excited to talk about, finally, The Walking Dead later on in this episode? Yeah, I mean, I I, I will tease this now for fans that have been listening to it a long time. Uh, I'm really happy with the fact that we're doing uh, half a season at a time and I'm not trying to watch this show week to week. Uh, I found it much easier to digest in bingeable episodes of like three or four episodes at a time uh, when I had an evening to myself. Uh, Mostly because uh, if it was a really crappy episode, I could do other things. Like I had kept it on in the background when I knew it was an episode that was annoying me. I was like, all right, I'm going to go do some dishes. And I just kind of watched it out of the corner of my eye while I was doing dishes. So I apologize if there's any small, subtle things I missed. But I got the gist of just about everything that happened. And I, and, and for those of you that have been listening for a long time, also, you, uh, know that I'm not going to be totally negative on this this, this season. Uh, there's been some really cool stuff I've really enjoyed. But again, uh, I think that some of the writing was kind of bad. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Well, we are uh, going to talk about it. They kill off some characters that I thought should have stuck around, and some of the characters that I thought they should have killed off, they keep around, and I'm kind of like, oh, okay. Tis the season, good friend. Uh, well, let's we're going to talk about it in a little bit, but before we get into the news, because we got some uh, got some big stories to talk about, I want some good news and some bad news. Oh, that's right. I was like, oh, what's the bad news? And I was like, oh, that's the bad news. Uh, but before we get to that, I just want to do one final reminder, a last shout out for Extra Life. And if you donate to my campaign at bit.ly slash Extra Life Ryan, we will watch a zombie movie in your name for the kids. So you can just check the show notes for details. Uh, deadline to donate is December 31st. Uh, Lou, I want to state that I was incorrect. We did have a donation come in at the $50 level. So, uh, but it was player's choice. My sister-in-law, uh, Jackie donated. She chose the $50 incentive and she said, I don't know, pick whatever you guys want. So you and I will have some homework over the holidays as we pick our first three movies. And if anyone else would like to suggest some films, certainly go to bit.ly slash extra life, Ryan donate and let us know the minimum is $15 and yes, you can stack it. So We'll be doing at least three movies in an audio commentary, but it'll be our it, choice. It, it, it comes down to what I can find streaming on both Canada and American streaming services. Well, I'm locking it in. I, I think uh, I think we do Zombieland too, even if it, we have to wait for it to come out. Uh, yeah, because I think that's coming right after Christmas. Yeah. To, so, yeah. Well, there you go. But so There's one. There's one. We got three, right? Yes, we got to pick two more, but we will uh, we'll sort something out over the holidays, and 
we look forward to other folks uh, chipping in because, again, it is for the kids. It's a great charity, and we really appreciate all the support we get each year. Lou, let's get into the news, the zombie news, as we talk about this first story. Resident Evil 3, big shocker, is getting the remake treatment and will include Resident Evil Resistance, that multiplayer game we talked about a couple episodes ago. I, I, I got to first say, I think this is a really smart move mm-hmm. because they advertised that multiplayer thing a couple of months ago and even at it playable at a, a what was it? Was it Gamescom? I think it. Yeah, I feel like it was one of the either Gamescom or Tokyo Game Show. Yeah, it, it might have been Tokyo Game Show, but it was playable. And anybody, any review I read where people played it, they were like, this is really neat. This is really cool. They really flushed this out. But I don't know if this is a full-fledged product. Hmm. That's then, what I kept hearing. And that's what I kept hearing. And then when I heard that they were stuffing this in with Resident Evil 3, I was like, oh, this does this just makes more sense. Yeah. Makes a hell of a lot more sense. Well, I've played through Resident Evil 3. I've played through Resident Evil 2, the original. You know, I've played through all of them. And 3 is way shorter than 2. Oh, is it? Yeah. Like, when you play through 2, you have to play through Leon. And that's about a five or six hour campaign. And then you have to play through as Claire. And that's like a five or six hour campaign. Um, And then you can reverse the discs and start as Claire. And then play through as Leon, and they play e- opposite each other. Like it's the same playthrough, but you're playing with a different character with different weapons. Um, it, it it's it's weird in the original Resident Evil how they do that, and in Resident Evil Three, it's literally just Jill's campaign, and it retreads several of the same areas that you are in in Resident Evil Two, and it almost feels like a third playthrough of the same game. Yeah, and I but mean, you're only but and it's only one character. So when your five hours is up, you're done. It's interesting because I think back when you think back to 1999 when this game originally came out, that makes a lot of sense in terms of you know flipping assets and creating a new game. You know, ba- like think Majora's Mask. It's around that era where they're where yeah. they're being tasked with with building a sequel from existing assets, and but but you look at this and. You know, they've said this is the completely reimagined Resident Evil 3. I feel like Resident Evil 2 was very close to the original, or at least felt that way. Uh, do you feel like maybe we get an expanded sort of look at Resident Evil 3? Or is this literally, because it's a I year later, gonna, it's it's a flip? I think, I think, I don't think it's a flip. I think this is going to be a longer version of 3. Mm-hmm. Um, the beginning portion of 3 takes place in the, in the, um, police station as well i have a funny feeling we're going to be in the police station and then we're going to end up in a different direction inside a new facility of umbrella and that's where i think things will be different interesting well the trailer that we got did announce that it's coming to windows pc via steam xbox one and playstation 4 april 3rd 2020 uh the interesting part that I saw in the trailer is that there was a mix of both third person and first person. I wonder if the first person was sort of cinematics or if it was sort of a specific mode. It felt like there was like a running away bit um, when um, when Nemesis was chasing you. What I'm you... betting that I'm betting there's going to be some kind of runaway mode because of, in the original game, you 
if you had the ammo, you could fight Nemesis, but he was often way too hard. And the only reason to really fight him was he dropped parts to guns and he would give you upgrades that for your weapons that you could only get by beating him in certain uh, certain places. But the game in the manual, I think it literally stated, don't fight him, just run. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I... I, I'm interested in this. I never played... I never... I played a little bit of Resident Evil 2. Didn't play any of Resident Evil 3. Because my understanding is it, it was an exclusive PlayStation game. Like, it never got ported to N64. Is that yes, correct? Yes, it did. Oh, it did? It did. Okay. Oh, it I... did, but it but it did, but it was, like, way later uh, after 2 had been ported. Mm, so maybe, maybe I just never got around to Resident Evil 3, and then it feels like it was long... Wait. I, I, uh, to be honest, three was my favorite for a long time, until I replayed two a bunch of times, and I was like, you know, this really is just a better game. Uh, three feels more like an action movie than a than a survival horror. Did uh, Did Resident Evil skip the PS2 era? Era? Nope. Uh, right. That's where Code. That's Code Veronica was the only game. Oh, really? Or the only main the main only main game. Um, because then it was Resident Evil 4 GameCube, yep, which would have been but, PS3, Xbox 360. Or no, am I mixing? Th- I'm mixing things up. Yeah. PlayStation 2 got uh, Resident Evil 4, but it was like years after GameCube had it. Right. So it didn't skip a generation. I'm just I'm mixing generations up. OK. Nope. Um, and there was also two online games for PlayStation 2 and... Uh, there was a smart gun, uh, uh, a like a uh, time crisis game that came as well. Mm, I do remember those. They were Operation Breakpoint. No, no, uh, they were called Survivor. Right. And Survivor Two. Okay. Well, um... the first the first Survivor is was for PlayStation, and Survivor Two was for play uh, was for PlayStation Two. Okay. Well, I'm really excited about this this remake i i loved resident evil 2 i played through i never do this but i played through twice i played leon and or claire and then leon um the 4v1 multiplayer mode i'm more likely to play it now that it's going to be bundled with this i was kind of like uh we'll we'll see but uh i'm really excited for resident evil 3 because i've not experienced it at all uh outside of the terrible resident evil 3 movie so yeah yeah uh, this is definitely going to be fun uh and the multiplayer mode just makes it more replayable it means people are going to keep it longer you know what i mean yeah so it's a nice add-on and it also means if this was i mean the original resident evil 2 because it was both players came out it was like what it wasn't even a full price game it was like 40 bucks if resident evil 3 came out at 40 bucks without that multiplayer mode 40 bucks would be kind of pricey they'd have to drop it down to like 20 or 30 it's not a long game even if they artificially add stuff to make it a longer game they can't add that much without making it a completely different game right was risen evil 2 the remake it was a full price game was it not 40 bucks oh okay why do i feel it was not it was not a full price game that would explain why i got I i feel like i got a discount on it because it was yeah, already discounted. Uh, yeah, one of the reasons I bought it was uh, Fanatical had a sale just before it came out, and I got it for like thirty bucks. Hmm. Yeah, I think I got it on sale as well. 
off of the i think it might have been like a 60 or 70 dollar game in canada but um not sure i know i know it was 10 or 20 dollars cheaper than it was than it than those games usually come out as hmm. well um well we should know more as launch is in april so we'll keep an eye on it and report back here when we have more details but uh, on to the sad news, uh, a, a show we both really loved and watched and binged the first full season, Daybreak, has been canceled by Netflix. Which <sighs> surprises me because it hasn't been out that long. It's only been out like since October. Yeah, late October. And late October. And Netflix didn't really advertise it. I saw the trailer once. And then that was it. I showed a friend of mine uh, that it was out and what it was, and it didn't interest him because he's not into zombies as much as I am. But even he was like, "Why did I never hear about this?" Yeah. And I was, and I was like, "I don't know." Um, Netflix has not commented why they've canceled this. It's suspected that it ha- might have to do with viewership. It may not have gotten the numbers they were hoping for, and it may have had a costlier budget than in most of the other shows so the numbers versus the 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 budget versus the the numbers isn't didn't make sense for them uh i've already heard rumors online that fans of the show are already petitioning netflix to give it at least one more season so i'm gonna keep my fingers crossed i I think it deserves a conclusion with that sort of I don't know. I I wouldn't call it a cliffhanger, but I would certainly call it a tease for the second season. Um, well, I saw somebody online wrote an article and they were complaining about how it got canceled. And they were highlighting a bunch of shows that literally keep getting renewed. And if you look at them on Rotten Tomatoes, both the critics and the viewer numbers are like 20%. Hmm. And yet... They are getting like four, five, six, seven seasons on on a show. And people are like, how come those shows keep getting renewed, but this isn't? I'm guessing it might have had to do with the budget. Yeah, it did appear as though it could have a, a larger budget. I mean, they got to they gotta de-people those large you know, them- cities and stuff. Yeah, and they had, to, they had to make those Mad Max vehicles to drive around in. Uh, they had to film inside of a closed mall. Hmm. I don't know. I just, I agree with you. I feel like this is very un-Netflix-like to sort of unceremoniously cancel something that they were praising not a couple months ago. I remember when Daybreak came out, Netflix was all like, oh man, Matthew Broderick, just the greatest. And now it's like unceremoniously, ah, we'll let the creator announce. I don't even think Netflix has announced. And Netflix usually will like come out and announce uh, the showrunner. The showrunner tweeted it on Twitter. That's how it got broken. Um, and Netflix has rene- announced it officially with a like a letter that the show is canceled. But they they didn't. They waited until the last minute, till everybody already kind of knew before Netflix actually spoke up and said, "Yeah, we're done." Hmm. It's just really sad. Honestly, it was one of the shows that I was. I feel like could have done with a second season. I doubt yep. could have no lasted much further than that but what is it with the the zombie genre where no one else seems to know how to get everybody, past the first season everybody everybody keeps expecting it to be the next walking dead and get walking dead numbers and then when they don't get walking dead numbers because walking dead has killed the zombie genre for everybody 
that when they don't get those 10 million viewers watched on Friday night, they go, oh, we only got a million. Yeah. Hmm. You know, the, the shows are always changed based on their cost to make versus the amount of viewers. Sometimes shows will keep, the networks will keep a show around. They just devalue the cost of making an episode by instead of fight, filming on the street in New York City, they film everything inside rooms or studios so that they don't have to show any outside shots. You know what I mean? That sometimes is the difference in budget. Hmm. I, I I don't know. It's just when you sent me this news, I was just kind of overly bummed about it because I, I was looking forward to a second season. and Yeah, me too. I, I didn't see a reason. The way they ended it. Yeah, I didn't see a reason for them to cancel it. I feel like it could it could go you could do even wrap it up with a movie like a long episode it need it deserves to be wrapped up i feel like the story was interesting they hinted at some stuff like they tried to tease like oh what the cause was you know so i just uh it's too soon and it's really a bummer and makes me think twice about netflix like i so here's the thing i don't like starting a show that may have a shelf life shorter than my attention to it but i also don't want a show to last forever so when i look at let's say hbo's watchmen people are saying it's amazing people are saying it's one season that sounds great i go in with expectations that it's one season with with this netflix show i anticipated there participated there being two seasons at the very least and now we're not getting that second season and that's a huge bummer and now i have this moment where i'm like why would I invest in a Netflix show when it could just disappear after the first season? Like I almost, it's almost, I have limited time. It's almost like, why would I invest time in a series that could just be gone uh, when clearly they were aiming at, at multiple, multiple seasons, right? Yeah. If it, if it had ended on a more definitive ending, I think they'd be less, they'd be less ripe about it. Well, there was a but definitive it, it, ending, but then they kept going, you know, yeah. like there was a moment where they could have cut it and been like, that's a wrap. And then I would have been, oh, we don't need a second season. They all, they defeated the enemy and they kind of decided to just continue to live life uh, as good people. But no, it's, oh, suddenly the girlfriend's the bad guy. And it's like, oh, great. Well, second season, here we come. And we were both excited about that. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So frustrating. Speaking of shows that go on forever. <sighs> Yes, I think I think it might be time for us to talk about our main topic. Well, we have made people wait long enough, but we are going to discuss season 10 of The Walking Dead. Um, Lou and I were talking, how are we going to do this? This is this is probably the first time we've ever waited for the first half of a season to be done. Um, I don't necessarily go on to go line by line, but I feel like we should certainly discuss our thoughts and feelings. Lou, I want to let you go first. So the first thing I'm going to say is negan steals the show this entire season uh every time he's on scene whatever's going on with negan i'm enthralled and excited i want this show unlike when they were when he was the bad guy with the saviors they uh, they show a major turn with his character where you can almost see he's helping them they're letting him out of his cell and he's helping them in the garden and then lo and behold it's revealed that this has been eight years now he's been in a jail cell. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, 
he's done bad things. He killed a bunch of people that he was a group, but he's now contributing to them and helping them. And then they need him to help with things and immediately it becomes, no, Negan can't help. He can't, we can't trust him. And it's like, you know what? At this point, after eight years, he ran away and came back to his cell. Mm-hmm. I, I, he's not the guy, like he's not the new leader of Alexandria, but you certainly should give him a place there. You know, that's kind of my vibe of it. But and then people are still mad at him and like trying to kill him when he's not looking. And I'm like, really, seriously? Yeah, there's um, some interesting character development with Negan in this first half of the season where we get sort of his place in Alexandria and then him escaping but coming back and then escaping again and then even when he's escaped that second time he he shows that he's reformed a bit but he's still kind of a I don't know like a like a like a wild card um but you're right like anytime he's present on on screen he's fantastic and uh i love jeffrey dean morgan i'll watch him in anything uh and i I think in this he's he's a fantastic negan yeah and i'll give them credit carl i mean daryl definitely is kind of filling the role of rick kind of in the show this season um he's not like the showrunner or the lead character but when he's involved in whatever's going on even when he's giving negan crap because i can understand daryl giving him crap because of the way negan treated him but he still gives negan respect he's not a dickhead to him it's like shut up you know what i mean it's not i'll kill you it's shut up you know and i i like their dynamic uh I would say for me, the weakest thing in this season is um, Carol and uh, what's her name? Lydia. Um, I I want to like Lydia. I don't think she's a bad character, but they're doing the thing that this show does that always drives me crazy. Almost half the problems in the show could be resolved if characters just talk to each other. Mm-hmm. Like, if Carol had told Lydia before she brought her out into the woods, when she shows her to, uh, uh, what's her name? Oh, um, uh, what a uh, Gamma. Gamma. When he she shows her to Gamma and says, "They all think you're dead," and she realizes she's being used. If Carol had just gone to Lydia and say, "Hey, listen." That guy that we 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 had in the cell, he told us that everybody thinks your mother killed you. We think that if we show you to them, it might cause some unrest and it might prevent us from all getting killed. If she had said that to Lydia, I don't think Lydia wouldn't have hesitated to go with them. Oh, I hundred percent I think I think my problem is, I agree, my problem isn't with Lydia. Lydia is a is a perfectly reasonable character, uh, and I think the actress that is playing Lydia is is really great. Uh, the problem here is not Carol's writing, but Carol the way Carol's character goes about things. Because you're right, if she had just stopped thinking about herself and thinking about getting back at uh, at Alpha, she could have easily gotten the same result without 
screwing over Lydia's safety because Lydia leaving is essentially like, what, you're going to use me too? Well, F this noise, I'm, I'm running off and I'm going to just survive on my own because she knows she can. She's not going to go back to Alpha. The, the other thing that pissed me off is when Lydia gets jumped by those three jerk characters who are literally new characters I didn't know. I don't remember them from previous seasons. I think they're just filler. They, they were just filler characters. When Negan jumps in, he just grabs that girl and shoves her. He doesn't even shove her that hard. You know what I mean? I and I think if you if you here's the thing, like this is a common TV TV trope where if you someone does something that looks like an innocent push or pull or shove and they hit their head just hard enough, like that happens in real world too, like where someone gets in a scuffle and they push someone, it's like it felt innocent at the time, but if they just fall at the right speed towards the right object, a head head trauma is a big deal. It is, but, but I you're just, right. It, it felt I, a little. It, it felt forced because it was like he shoves the other kid, pushes the other kid. He doesn't even hit them that hard, and then it's like, oh, and she's like dead. And I was like, really? Like, if I just felt like it was it was weak. That whole situation was weak, and. Negan's like, I am the bad guy. You know what I mean? Like, I was trying to protect her, but I understand you're all going to throw me under the bus. And I was kind of like, I was like, even those characters, everybody in town kind of knew that they were jerks. And it was quite clear that they were bad guys. I And I just, I don't get why, I, I do get and I don't get why Lydia's getting crap. Hmm. You know what I mean? The, 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 the Whisperers killed like eight people and it seems like the entire town is literally like why are you here lydia except for the council like and, and if that's the case it's that's stupid they wouldn't treat her like that like i don't it, it i just, agree it just feels like bad writing that they're writing it that way because it's easier to write it that way than actually make it an interesting storyline so, so I, I I like Lydia as a character. I think the way they're writing the situation around her is stupid. Um, I think the direction they've taken Carol this season is dumb. Uh, I I love what's going on with Michonne, and uh, I think Michonne is definitely stepping up the plate and filling the Rick role, which great. They're going to do that for her this season, and then she's gone. <laughs> so. We yeah. know that she's going to be gone the end of the season. It's official. Yeah, no, she's going to be... So <clears throat> let, let's talk about Michonne a little bit. I think you're right. Michonne has had a strong presence in this season. I think she's done very well with her sort of turn back towards the light in terms of welcoming people. And I felt that's been... And her and Judith playing off each other was was great throughout the, the first half of the season. Um, but then we get near the end of this half where a new character emerges, which is Virgil. Uh, a, a character looking for supplies to take back to an island. And I was worried that Michonne's exit, you know, er, not, this isn't her final exit, but it's her like sort of go off screen for a little bit exit. And this is straight from the comics. Like I remember we played the Michonne game from Telltale. Yeah. We hated it. However, the comic implications of her leaving, that's where that game takes place is her away from the comics and that story that telltale crafted is to fill that gap this isn't really the same thing but similar to her leaving with virgil at the end of this season um i was worried 
that that would feel forced to me, but it felt... And it doesn't. It doesn't feel forced. It feels very much like we're on a naval base, we have weapons, um, and then Michonne's like, well, we want to trade. I'll bring you back, I'll give you supplies, but I want to bring back a weapon to deal with a horde that we're a problem that we're dealing with. And I, again, worried that was going to be forced, didn't feel that. And I was very satisfied with that. I was very happy. My uh, The other thing that really pissed me off is them killing off Sadiq. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We got to talk there about was that. Like, there was like five other characters that I was like, let that let somebody else kill them. I, but I will say this too. I also hated Sadiq's storyline this whole season. His yeah. PTSD thing was just a crutch for them to show him panicking all the time. And I was like... Ah. I know people who have suffered from PTSD and it is stressful and it is bad, but you're not going through it 24 seven. It literally was like his character is going through PTSD 24 seven. And I'm like that people do have moments where they're not stuck in that situation. Hmm. They do have moments of clarity. In fact, most of the times have moments of clarity and then something will trigger it. And it was like everything triggered it for him. It's like looking at people triggered it. Having a conversation about something triggered it. And I was like, I get it. He's going through PTSD. This is so heavy-handed. It's taking me out of the show. And I was quite clearly figured out that... Uh, uh, Dante? What the Dante was a bad guy. As soon as I saw him on camera this scene, because I don't rem remember if he was around last season at all. He wasn't, I, no. Well, we know and, that but now. I, but as soon as I saw him this season, I was like, I don't know who this guy is. I don't like him. And I already can tell he's going to be a bad guy. Like, it was almost comically obvious he was a bad guy. And yeah. he kept making mistakes to the point where I was like, no. As soon as he's supposed to help that guy in the cell and he gives him hemlock to, to, and kills him, I was like, yeah, that was on purpose. Like, it was obvious to me he did that on purpose. I was like, like, he's either the dumbest person and I wouldn't want him treating anybody with medical conditions or he's quite clearly a bad guy. Like, even if Sadiq packed the medicine wrong, you check the medicine before you give it to somebody. You don't just like blindly like, well, this looks like a Tylenol bottle and then you throw it out and you throw it into their mouth. And it's like, oh, it's codeine. It's like, no, no, no. That's not how and, this works. <laughs> and then when he got revealed, the other thing I didn't like was if he was a whisperer, then why didn't uh, Lydia recognize him? Well, okay, yeah, I can agree with you there in the sense that the reason Alpha sent him in was because Lydia, oh, Lydia won't recognize you. And it's like, okay, so they that's a, that's a line, right, where it's like, we need to answer this question. Okay, how do we answer it? We give a line and that should be enough. But there's no real science behind it because, okay, does Lydia not know all of the whispers? Does she just not know Dante? Is there a specific reason she doesn't know Dante? Like her not knowing Beta, like from his face, and, but and, his signs? And, and, and the other thing that pissed me off was mm -hmm. it was quite clear to me that there was a traitor amongst the group as soon as they meet Alpha in the beginning, I think it's like episode two or three, they meet Alpha out in the woods because she wants to meet them. And she goes, oh, I know you crossed my line three times. 
that was a bit of a tell that they should have and, really and, looked and, into. And I was like, I was like, how? Like, okay, yeah, you crossed. They crossed over to put out the fire, right? I was like, that makes sense. And then it was like, and then you crossed out into the woods hunting one time, and then there was in the snowstorm. And I was like, there is absolutely no way they knew about the snowstorm because even though there was a borderline, it was made quite clear that the whisperers were gone and gone south for the season. That should have been the what? biggest hint is like, wait, you knew we crossed in the winter? Like what? You just left a couple scouts behind? Like how did they stay warm? Yeah, I was like, it was like, this is what I was like, when that happened, my first thought was is, well, obviously somebody's a bad guy and or the whispers are just magical beings. Hmm. Well, my personal problem with Sadiq being taken out is less of like it, it made the story they were telling it made sense. Um, it was disrespectful to Carl. Exactly. Uh, kind of where I'm getting at is that I felt like Sadiq needed to stick around a little bit longer. I know there's like eight years of off-screen stuff we didn't experience, so he certainly had his impact, but. I, I, felt, I just felt like there might have been more story to tell with that character, especially since because of his connection to Carl and Rick. Um, that was a that was a big thing for me. And I would have loved to see Sadiq survive long enough for Rick to return. Maybe. I don't know. Like, well, when 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 after Carl dies, mm-hmm. Rick literally has a conversation with Sadiq where he goes. My son died to protect you. Uh, you better make this count. And all last season, I felt like they made a point of making his character count. Hmm. Like he was in way more stuff. They made sure that you knew he was the doctor, uh, one of the doctors running around, that you knew that he was doing this, he was doing that. And you were like, oh, this is awesome. And then I got the PTSD thing this season. I was like, okay, I can handle this. It's a little heavy handed. And then when it made they made I, the, it, they made it quite clear he was going to 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 die. I was like, oh, this is stupid. Hmm. And then the kicker of the whole thing is he dies, and then like next the next episode they use him as like a clutch thing that he's going to eat the baby as a zombie. And I was like, oh, this is so stupid. I was like, I, I was like. He's dying literally to be a distraction so that she can kill the other guy. That they, I was like, this is stupid. Hmm. I was like, I didn't much. Uh, that that I think that part served to kind of shake Rosita a little bit. Um, I mean, she was already going to be shaken by by Sadiq having passed away. Uh, oh, the other thing that, that annoyed the shit out of me. Sure, I thought you liked this is, uh, this half of the season. I did. Like, I liked the... Or you're just running through the annoyed shit part, right? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I I like the buildup. I think Alpha is definitely showing herself as a villain. I think the Whisperers are not... Are kind of comic book... Comically bad guys. Like, I don't understand a lot of their motives. I think they're very flawed. They magically seem to have too many people, but I will give them that. Whatever. Magically, they have numbers in the thousands somehow. Okay, Whatever. I'll give them that it's a TV show, but I just feel like for all the good things that they do, it's like they take one step forward 
take two steps back. One step forward, two steps back. And while I've enjoyed this season and I didn't hate every single episode, it was like every episode had like one or two things I was like hooked on. And then they would jump to something that I'd be like, uh. Hmm. Well, I, I think there's talk that the second half of this season is going to be quite fast paced because there's a lot of whisper war story to tell in a short amount I, of time. I definitely think the whisperers will be gone by the end of the season. That's the that's I, the talk. I think. I yeah. think the I think the war will be over, and we'll be on to our next plot line. Yeah. Um, if we're not, then they're gonna literally end with the whispers because the rumor is season eleven or twelve will be the final season. Well, I I think with the movies, which uh, we didn't talk about, I think it's but between last episode and this episode, the movies have entered production. Uh, Rick Grimes, well, not Rick Grimes, but uh, Andrew Lincoln was on set. They've started filming or at least doing uh, pre-production. So it it looks like those movies are in production now, and we could probably see the first one launch maybe later this year, depending on you know the turnaround they've got. La- later next year, because we're we're at the end of the year, man. Right. I you know. I got, yeah, you know what I'm, you kind of know what I mean, but I, I yeah. totally see your point. Yes, not the end, not later this year, <laughs> not in a couple of weeks. That would be a pretty quick turnaround, but you're right. Later next year, time is messing with me, but yeah, I, uh, I liked the first half of the season. I wanted it to be a little more fast paced, but if that means the second half gets me to watch it week to week, cause it's more fast paced, I'm fine with that. But I think you're right. This first half benefited from being watched at my leisure, not week to week. This would be frustrating week to week because I feel it's kind of it's a slow burn, but it's a good slow there burn. Was, I don't mind cliffhangers, but it felt like there was a cliffhanger in the beginning of the episode, a cliffhanger in the middle of the episode, and a cliffhanger at the end of the episode where they never gave you any answers and you watched next week and they gave you like a half answer to one of them. And I was just like, okay. Um, they did an episode, I think it was episode two. They gave Alpha and Beta like their backstory. Mm-hmm. That felt like filler to me. Yeah, I don't I really care really, about did, their backstory, to be honest. I didn't, I didn't, I don't find them interesting as characters. Uh, I think Beta is very two dimensional. Uh, I think Alpha is interesting as a, as a, uh, character, but I think her motivations are very flawed as a character as well. So I was like, she's interesting. Beta is the thug. Mm-hmm. That's all I need to know. Yeah. I, I, that second episode was tough, especially when the first episode was pretty strong. Yeah. I, um, the first episode, I was like, if we're going to get like, if we're going to get this all season, this is awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I, I will say the other thing that was, a, 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 I, I didn't hate it. Uh, I got what they were doing, um, but I thought it was, again, a little heavy-handed. Uh, they have the scene where Negan escapes, and that kid that wants to be a savior tags along with him. Uh, that kid was really obnoxious, almost too obnoxious. Yep. To the point where I was like, like, if this kid was this obnoxious... He wouldn't have survived in the Alexandria. They would have known he was going to be a savior and he would have been a jerk and someone would have killed him. Like 
he quite clearly would have gotten himself kicked out of Alexandria way before Negan escaped. I definitely don't think he would have lasted eight years, right? Like that. Yeah. Yeah. That is a stretch. But um, yeah, I uh, agree. And and again, I, I got where they were going. I would have much rather have seen the kid attacking the family and Negan step in and save them than Negan coming in after the kid was dead and then killing the kid. I was like, oh, um, a, a lot of people have talked about Negan being a villain again. Uh, I, uh, to me, it's pretty clear Negan's not going to be a villain. I think he's waiting for his moment. And we're like in the comics, uh, spoiler, if you've, don't know what happens in the comics. Negan eventually kills. Grab a shotgun. I think that that's the plot line they're leading up to. Uh, I think he's going to step in and everybody grab a weapon and try to redeem himself. I don't know, but I think that uh, I, I personally, I think that Negan and his interaction with this supposed like savior worshiper. I agree. From a personal suitability act, I would have preferred to see him step in and save the mother and child. Uh, as opposed to discovering them brutally murdered, um, but then maybe that maybe that was the moment that convinced Negan he needed to go to the Whispers and join their group to destroy them from within to prove his loyalty. Um, I I don't think I I don't think anyone fully thinks like as a watcher I'd be surprised if anyone thought that um, that Negan was joining the Whispers because he actually wanted to be on the bad guy's side again. Oh, there's all kinds of articles online about it. That, no, like, he's a really? bad guy. And I'm like, and I'm like, no, he's not. No, he's not. He's a bad guy, but he's gonna, 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 he, he's gonna sabotage them. Like, I, I just, yeah, like, and I really, I loved him uh getting on me and beta's bad side and his interactions with the whispers like it's full-on negan it's great it, it is i love the scene when beta leaves him to die and he literally shows up five minutes later and was like what you thought i was dead and he comes back with a big old stick with wrapped in barbed wire and it was like oh oh he's still negan yeah no i i think it's great and i look forward to that that conclusion whatever it ends up being uh, I'm really looking forward to the return, usually like mid-February. Uh, 2020 is going to be a crazy year for The Walking Dead, and hopefully a crazy year in other content as we move into, uh, well, 2020. Big year. So, uh, Lou, I think we've we've established that Season 10 is off to a strong start. Um, some, some hits, some misses, misses. but yeah. Yep. I think there's definitely more misses than hits, but there's definitely a lot more hits than the previous couple of seasons have had. Yeah. Oh, for like, sure. I, I like, like, I don't leave every episode being depressed. Yeah, that's a good point. And, and, and last season and the season before, it was like things never got good. Our heroes never seemed to be on like the up and up. They, It was like, how many more times can we kick them while they're down? How many more times can we kick them while they're down? Let's kick them while they're down some more. And it was like, okay, I get it. The whisperers are evil. Okay, I get it. The whisperers are evil. And it was like over and over and over again. And then this season, it seems like, you know, our, we, the, our, our heroes obviously have setbacks, but they their setbacks aren't happening every episode. Hmm. I am interested to see what Michonne's exit is like. And it's, to me, the way they handled her you know, early 
partial exit with Virgil, and I was worried about that because I was satisfied with that. I'm not actually worried about her exiting. I think it's going to be a strong story point. They even addressed her leaving her kids behind to go on what could be her a, a final mission. It's dangerous crossing the ocean in the apocalypse. Um, so I'm, I'm guessing her exit is going to be Rick related, whether she leaves to try and find Rick. Uh, someone's got to know about Rick. Uh, that's got to be the reason she leaves or she dies. But I don't think she can die. I, I really don't think that's a that's that would be a mistake unless they found some way to turn it around in a way that made sense i I don't know like do we want to end on that point like what do you think michonne's true exit will be i think they're gonna kill her you do think so eh i think they're gonna kill her uh because they have to kill her off they can't pull a rick too you don't Um, even even if even if she left to try to find rick they don't even have to include her in the first or second movie they could literally write her off the show from what i understand she's getting way more movie and film and tv offers all over the place trying to fit find uh, as an actor getting fit into the schedule like this would be a nightmare so i think their safest bet is going to be to kill her off um and i think when they do it it will be done respectfully she's gonna die either killing beta or saving everybody from something and that's why she's gonna die Hmm. she's gonna die to save her kids or something i hope that's not the case i really i see where you're coming from and you're you're probably right but i i would like to see michonne exit in a way that is related to rick i would Um, love to i would love to see her go off to rescue find rick or find out that rick's still out there and that that be tied into like movie two or three. Mm-hmm. I would love to see that. And then in the final season, because they're talking about ending in season 12, I would love to see her and Rick show up in the last few episodes as like the heroes who come in and save the day at the end. And then everybody lives happily ever after in the best way they can. I would love to see that. I don't think we're ever going to get that with this show. You think that's too satisfying an ending? Yeah. Hmm. I I don't think I don't think AMC knows how to tell a satisfying ending. I mean, there's a difference between a satisfying ending and like a positive happy ending. I don't necessarily need the positive happy ending, and I'm not suggesting that Michonne or Rick eventually, you know, go out in a blaze of glory. But but really, what I would love to see with Michonne because I love that character so much, I feel very similar to her that I felt with Rick is that she's earned her place. I don't think she deserves to go out you know uh in a death but more in just a temporary goodbye and i i agree with you lou i see your side of it to do it twice um where does it end like daryl suddenly you know death stranding 2 becomes a a movie tv show in another video game like is he suddenly gone too and they like rick him as well like you can only you know put these characters that you don't, you only sunset characters so many times, but there are other characters that have disappeared too, like Heath. Is Heath going to come back? Everyone's forgotten about Heath. It's been literally a decade since we've seen him. Uh, like there are a lot of characters that have been sort of dusted uh, that we just don't get back ever. Actually, there probably there's just two. It's Heath and Rick. But um, maybe you're right. Maybe we can't do that with Michelle. And there's Maggie. Oh, where, and Maggie, where, where, but she's coming back. She's supposedly coming back this season, but it's still, where the hell's Maggie? And and that, so 
let's talk about that really quickly. Maggie is coming back in the second half of the season. Uh, Eugene, using the uh, the Russian satellite that crashed, built a stronger radio receiver. So he's got a bit of a pen pal that we may have or may not have heard from at the end of season nine. Um, so there's there's some mystery building that maybe Maggie will find her way back. But like, why does Maggie come back? Was she away, held against her will? Like, is she going to come back at like the last part of the season for as a sort of like, what the hell happened Maggie, here? <laughs> Maggie being gone is kind of annoying to me because the way they described it in, I think, last season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the end of last season when she disappeared is that she met with that lady that offered them plans on how to build a society. And then she went to go mentor with them is the is the way it was described in last season when they re- explained why she was gone. But I'm like, great, if she went to go mentor with them, that means that she's gone for like like five years and doesn't send a letter, doesn't communicate via radio, you know, like she's just gone. It, it is a, a long time to be gone without people kind of concerned about it and you think with the whispers here be like we need all the help we can get maggie get your community building people over here and and that doesn't happen yeah that's the kind of the thing that bothers me about that this whole plot line is i see lots of holes and i don't think like the whispers have magically they have thousands of undead that they're going to throw at our gates Mm -hmm. and i'm like you guys have dealt with worse like but it's they don't want to. They don't want to. Nec- they don't. They don't want to poke the bear, right? They don't uh, want to poke the bear. But my other thing too is, is you know, you you know what? They weren't worried about forest fires. Let's go start in forest fires. You know what I mean? That was kind of what I, I I was thinking. I was like, you know what? The whispers are worried about uh, aren't worried about Mother Nature and the fire for, caused by that satellite falling. You know what? Start torching them. Uh, see if they care when they you, you, the hordes of their undead get caught on fire and they're busy trying to put out the dead. You know what I mean? Like, th- I just feel like there's so many other ways that they could fight them that I'm just like, the way they're fighting is kind of just lazy. Well, that's the other thing is that the cliffhanger for this half of the season led into them finding the horde in a cave. That's like a like a, a case of homemade napalm and you're good to go, right? Yeah. But and and you know what we might honestly the like would you be satisfied in the second half of the season if it was just we need to radio Michonne for or radio Maggie for help because this is getting out of hand we need to bring in the cavalry like or or would that be too late? Uh, I feel like if they were going to do that, they should have done it this season. They definitely Not... should have done it by now, right? Yeah. Sure. But but again, I mean, if that's the way they handle it. That's fine. That I I'm willing to give them credit for that. It makes it it, it makes a whole lot more sense than what we've been seeing. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, uh, we will definitely talk more about The Walking Dead in 2020 because we will have the return of The Walking Dead, and uh, I I think uh, for all intents and purposes, we might look at continuing our discussion of every half season. But again, like if there's a big shocking moment, maybe we'll check in early. Uh, that seems to be working for us but uh let's move into listener feedback we got an email once again from calman i binged wayward pines on hulu and i'm almost done with season two 
The show actually has many zombie-esque elements. Don't know if you remember the show, but the first season revolved around an M. Night Shyamalan twist that's not that satisfying when it's revealed. I'm going to spoil the first season. This is a show from like 2015 uh, because I really well, don't... Older. It could be older, yeah. I, I did look it up, but I, I don't remember. So anyways, spoiler incoming. Basically, a mad scientist type with a god complex kidnaps about a thousand people and puts them in suspended animation for 2,000 years because the human genome is mutating and humans will evolve into something horrifying. The mad doctor wants to freeze a small town worth of people and basically slingshot everyone past the genetic aberrations, but when everyone wakes up 2,000 years later, the aberrations are still around and have in fact inherited the earth. By the second season, the secret is revealed, and it's more about power struggles between the town and learning about the apparitions. They call them abbeys. The abbeys heavily resemble the dark seekers from I Am Legend or the freakers in Days Gone. They are not undead, nor are they contagious. A bite from an abbey won't turn you, but they do travel in herds and behave like fast zombies we've seen. The show has its problems, but it's definitely better than Z Nation. Uh, Wayward Pines was a show starring Matt... Matt, Matt uh, Dillon, Matthew Dillon. Matt Dillon for the first season, and then second season is Jason Patrick. Oh, really? He didn't even last into the second season. Uh he dies at the end of the first season. Oh, okay. So you've seen this? I've seen both seasons. And have we talked about this before? I feel like we've talked. I about think it. we. I think we did. I think I brought it up many, many, many years ago when it was on when it was on TV, and I talked about how it had some zombie esque things, especially. The later half of the first season and uh, the second season, definitely. Um, it's not a bad show. It's just not great. Hmm. Um, the second season is 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 more Walking Dead than uh, the first season. Uh, the first season is more of like a murder mystery that goes in a weird sci-fi place. And the second season is outright Walking Dead people trapped inside of a town i see interesting i mean it, it sounds interesting enough but i mean if it if the second season sort of falters like maybe once the the reveal happens that felt like it could have been like a good ending to be like oh dun 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 they were they this is the plot that would have been a good ending of like we don't have to end it we can just kind of like end with the shocker but the the, the the first season is actually i would go as far as to say this the first season is excellent the second season it's like three episodes in you're like oh they didn't know what to do they had no plans for a second season so they didn't know what to do here hmm. um and apparently this this show is also based on a series of books called wayward pines and the first book is almost scene for scene recreated in the first season of the show. Uh, the second season and the second book have nothing to do with each other. Hmm. Okay. So maybe the second season was sort of crafted from scratch and... Yeah, and it was bad. Oh, uh, okay. J Jason Patrick's character is interesting, but he comes out of left field. Uh, they literally kill off the hero in the last episode of the first season, and then... Season two begins with them thawing out a new hero. <laughs> well, that's an interesting plot point. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, uh, I'm glad that Kalman sort of uh, let us know when we revisit it because it sounds like Lou has definitely watched it. Uh, yes. I've not, I've, I've, it, the poster looked familiar, but I've not seen it, but I'm glad, uh, I'm glad you guys enjoyed it. And um, 
yeah, I think that's going to do it for Zombies Ate My Podcast in 2019. Uh, Lou, thank you so much for another awesome year of, of zombies. Um, I think when we return, we might look at doing maybe a year in review for 2019. That seems to be definitely yeah something we we normally do. So we'll we'll take the next couple weeks off as we prepare for the holidays, and then we'll be back in the new year, and we'll talk about what we did in, in 2019 looking at video games, movies, TV, so we'll build that list out. If you have your favorite zombie moments from 2019, certainly write in. You can go to our Discord, bit.ly slash zampdiscord. You can also email us like Kalman did, info at zombiesatemypodcast.com. We're also on the social medias, Twitter, Facebook, uh, and you can find all that information at zombiesatemypodcast.com. Thank you so much to our patrons over at patreon.com slash zombiesatemypodcast. If you want to support the show, more you can go to patreon.com slash zombies ate my podcast uh, you can follow myself at r murphy on twitter and lou at busy zombie lord definitely check out joel duggan and his artwork at joelduggan.com he did our artwork for the show this has been zombies ate my podcast lou take us into the new year nothing brings in the new year than shooting a zombie in the head hmm merry christmas you filthy zombies yeah.